And we are live for the fifth episode of the Bronx Bomber Babble podcast. I'm your host, Matt, Luz, Luigi. And tonight, I'm with Andrew. And I'm with Alex. What's up, guys? How's it going, Luigi? How's it going, y'all? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Uh, A lot of storylines since we uh, last left you guys. Uh, some, Some important... Important discoveries being made with uh, with most popular Yankee on the team in Aaron Judge, and we're going to get right into that because I think that's that's very important. And I believe it was on the R two C two podcast they announced it. Am I right, Andrew? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I it, it was it that, yeah because it was the Players Tribune podcast, obviously, and. Uh, this is from the new ESPN staff writer. I also want to give him a shout out. Coley Harvey is replacing uh, Andrew Marshan. Peace. <laughs> uh, no comment. Um, and I'm just going to read off what he posted uh, this week. Aaron Judge, who said on a Players Tribune podcast Wednesday that he thinks he's, quote, one and done with the home run derby, tells reporters this morning he's standing by that decision. Last year's winner wants to go out on top. As you know, he fell into a deep slump just after the derby. And there are suspicious suspicions his left shoulder injury stemmed from the derby. When asked about the possible injury connections, Judge said he preferred to not answer that question. So some very uh, cryptic wording by Judge there. Obviously not, you know, coming out and saying I hurt my shoulder in the derby, but heavily implying it. Uh, what what were your guys' reaction to what Judge had to say this week? I uh, I basically took that as he injured his shoulder in the derby. Yes. Because <laughs> if, if he had said something, like if if they had asked him whether there was a connection and he just said no, I mean, then there's nothing. But the fact that he just said right. he doesn't want to answer that question, he might as well have just said, yes, I injured my shoulder in the derby. I'm a little torn. I definitely think that the, the home run derby didn't help. Uh, I know he started the slump about a week before the all-star break. And my suspicion is that he potentially was injured at that point. I don't know if there's a moment where he maybe ran into the wall, making a catch or maybe swung at a slider way out of the zone and pulled something there. Um, but whether he heard it during the Derby uh, or, or beforehand, it certainly didn't help taking all those extra swings where you're just, uh, you know, swinging for the fences, hitting the ball as far as you can, uh, a lot of uppercut, a lot of torque on on a joint. Uh, so definitely uh, something that we had an interesting podcast, uh, excuse me, uh, our, our group me chat uh, if for, for the whole blog. Uh, and I, I know it's something – we have time to, to delve into that a little bit, guys? Oh, absolutely. I'll go for it. Right, I, I think there was about 10 people involved in this going back and forth. But Oh, there's a good amount. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the big thing is is did he injure himself during the derby? Did the derby help? Should he do it again? Uh, did the derby make a difference whatsoever? We had a guy say that the home run derby is basically the same thing as batting practice, <laughs> so it would do the same number, uh, the same amount of leverage. There's there's a lot going on, and we had a lot of different opinions. Uh, I- it really is hard to say because you you could probably watch that derby every swing he took in the derby in slow motion and you probably won't be able to see anything but 
I believe, what was it? I forget who they were playing, but I believe he injured his shoulder on a slide, or at least heard it. And look, it goes without saying, and I think it's obvious that not participating in the Derby would have helped his shoulder more than participating in the Derby. That's just, it's, it's obvious. But to, to argue that the Derby, oh, the Derby had no effect and the Derby is based, because look, we all see the videos every, pretty much almost every game before every before every game of judge just hitting balls launching balls in batting practice hitting balls that we've never seen but it's not the, the batting practice is not the same as the home run derby it's completely different you're actually working on things in batting practice where a home run derby is uh as implied in the title a derby of home runs so yeah and you're on a, and you're on a clock too i think that has has to be considered when you're mm-hmm. you're taking batting practice you're just out there free swinging you're, you're trying to Work the ball to the opposite field, uh, you know, protect the plate. Uh, in a home run derby, you know you're going to get pitches relatively in the zone, but you're going to chase if if something's thrown a little out, and you're up against the clock. Uh, so that that could definitely, uh, you know, the, the, the free swing of motion isn't the same as it would be during batting practice. Yeah, in the home run derby, you're a lot more almost like rushed because of the clock. Where batting mm-hmm. practice is a lot more relaxed, and you're just trying to do your thing and work on things. Where at home run derby, you're just going bomb after bomb after bomb and swing after swing after swing. And that definitely did not help his shoulder. And it's, it's just not the same thing as uh, batting practice. Yeah. So I think we all agree about judging the shoulder and uh, how that effect negatively affected him in the home run derby. But let's just talk about how he kind of said he's going to be a one and done in the home run derby. Do you guys agree with that? Because a lot of people who aren't Yankee fans, obviously, are going to be upset at that. And I, I'm not saying that I care, but I'm just saying that Judge, you know, he was a face of baseball. Manfred came out and said it last summer, blah, blah, blah. But... See, you know, my you guys... thinking, my yeah, thinking with that is, like, I'm okay, I'm good with Judge, like, not participating in the derby again because even if, say, hypothetically, the, der- uh, the derby had nothing to do with his slump. You don't want to take the chance that it could happen again. But I remember I was saying the other day that someone like Stanton, who's been in multiple derbies and hasn't exactly struggled after that, I'd be fine if he wanted to be in the home run derby for the 2018 season. Because like last year, he was in the 2017 home run derby, and then he went out and hit, I don't know, 16 or 17, 18 home runs in August. I think it was 18. Yeah, I think it was 18. Yeah, but, you know what you know what might be you gotta consider is the fact that he was a one and done. He he lost to Gary in the first round. So maybe the effects are obviously true. a lot more <laughs> a lot more strenuous on, on Judge because he had that's this true, yeah. hundred, hundred and twenty swings, whatever it is. Um I, I think I'm I'm in the same boat. Uh I wouldn't be too upset if Judge didn't do it again. Uh, I'll tell you who is upset. Uh ESPN who's gonna carry the home run derby year after year, Rob Manfred, who cares about rankings. They definitely want him in the Derby, but for the, uh, the, the benefit of the, of the Yankees and, and keeping their arguably their, their most important player healthy. Uh, I don't mind him, uh, never doing it again. I mean, I don't mind him never doing it again, but I don't know. I, I think he, I think if like seven years down the road, if he has, if he's just tearing it apart, right, he's having another big first half, then why not do the Derby again? Because, it is just such a spectacle to watch him compete in that. But what I was thinking earlier was the fact that, I mean, not to, I know I do a lot of uh, cross sport analogies, but 
you know, you look at a guy like Vince Carter, who had probably, in my opinion, the best dunk contest performance of all time. And it, in my opinion, it's not close. So he never did dunk contest again after that. It was just, that was his performance. That was it. And Michael Jordan did the same thing, even though I wasn't uh, old enough to remember that one. So if Judge just, if that was his one home run derby, then, hey, that was some performance, right? He he was killing the ball. I mean, that I'm not going to say it was the best home run derby performance of all time. I think Hamilton sticks out at me, but it was definitely up there. And if that was his only home run derby, then, hey, that's his choice. And that's, he definitely shouldn't do, let me say this. He definitely should not do it in the next, next season or probably the next couple seasons. Yeah. Give it just, a few years. Yeah, just to kind of, you know, Hey, uh, let's, let's uh, not, not let this be an issue again because people say, Oh, he, he still hit 53 home runs. Yeah. What if he could have hit 63? <laughs> <Right>? Exactly. <laughs> and the one, the one big head thing head. you have to look at too. And like, I hate to say it, but, he still only has one full season under his belt. So, and you don't know how he's going to do this next season. So, and I don't think anyone thinks he's going to go out there and, you know, hit 210 with 10 home runs, but he, he probably maybe will regress a little bit. So, and, you know, people might think. Well, just think regressing for Judge would be 270 with 41 home home runs. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Even if he hits. Now, I said to myself, even if he hits 260 with 37 and 100, that's still a pretty damn good sophomore season. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and the Yankees mitigate that by, oh, they just added the National League MVP. Gary's going to have a, a, another season. They're going to get a full season out of Bird. So even if Judge drops, let's say, 15 home runs in 2018, I mean, they're going to more than make up for it with the rest of the roster. It's pretty great to think that just like, with the amount of home runs that the team hit last year, Sanchez didn't play a full year. Didi didn't play a full year. It's going to be Bird's full first full year. Like they could, they could really hit a ton of them because Didi and Gary missed the first month of the season and still, you know, hit twenty five and thirty three home runs. And even you got to remember, even Guardy last year was popping them out. I think, what, did he have a career high last year? In yeah, he had 21, and he 21? was awful in April. He didn't hit his first one until, like, the last day of April. Well I, well, I forget what month it was in, but what was the weekend where it was just – Gardner was just – it was, like, the weekend of his life. But he had, like, I think it was May. Ball. That was May. Yeah. Did you talk about the series against uh, Tampa Bay when he had the, the triple – or he, I think he had, like, a home run to – oh, no, I'm sorry. He had the triple – uh, ended up scoring the tying run, then hit the walk off, then had the single yeah, the next yeah. day. Mm-hmm. The walk off that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah but he, 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 think with Gardner, though, he's so streaky. Like yeah. there'll be sometimes he'll just be go, he'll go off and he'll hit you know ten home runs in a month or something, and then he'll have a six thirty OPS in the next month and hit one. Longest he's always tenured, been like that. Longest, yeah. longest tenure Yankee, which is I when I think someone told how long has it been like that that Gardner's been. Uh, the longest tenured Yankee. Oh. Uh, Probably since Cano left, right? I th- yeah. Yeah, because he, he came up in 08. Well, I guess yeah, technically Jeter. after Cano left, Jeter, he had another right? year of Jeter. Well, no, A-Rod, yeah. A-Rod, A-Rod, right? Oh, yeah, we're stupid. Let's say Cano, it's either Jeter or A-Rod. A-Rod. Whoops. So uh, last season, pretty much. Well, A-Rod and, and Gardner um, – you know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> 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 
Well, anyway, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to juke out my co-host there. <laughs> Let's, you know, since we were talking about Guardy, we're talking about Judge. It brings up the debate that I think. Look, one, I think I believe that one through six in the Yankees lineup is set, and Gardner. And this is no no particular order. Gardner, Bird, Judge, Stanton, Gary, and Didi. I think those are going to be your first six hitters. And it's all about what the order is going to be. And I believe Boone said this week in one of the many interviews he's been doing that he would, in a perfect world, I think he said, he would uh, like to have a lefty between Judge and Stanton, which I don't think is necessary. I don't, in my opinion, I don't like, I don't think you have to have a lefty between those two guys. And he, I don't think he's, he didn't say that there had to be a lefty, but I don't know. I, cause we talked about it, I believe on the first or second episode, the whole should, would you be open to judge or stand hitting lead off? And I really would. The more I think about it, judge hitting lead off for how much he gets on base, it really wouldn't be a bad move. Would, would it slightly negatively affect his RBI numbers? Probably, but I think he would just get, get on base just as much. And I don't know. What what do you guys think? Because I'm. It really is a. It really is a compelling case. Thing with Judge that um, that makes me think that he really could be a decent leadoff hitter is that um, people are going to say that he strikes out so much, but he's not going to be a good leadoff hitter. But even with his two hundred plus strikeouts last year, he had a four. He had over four hundred on base percentage. Yep. He all he does is even. He I would always say last year, even if Judge was on a stretch of. Five for thirty, or he was. Stri- he, he would still, still be walking. Yeah, he would still be of again where he's oh oh for four three strikeouts, two walks, one run. Yeah, you always appreciate guys that do that. You say all right, even if this guy can't hit, he's still going to find ways to get on base, and that's why I think Judge for leadoff wouldn't be a bad move. Because look, look, let, let's be real. Who's going to have a higher on base percentage this year, Judge or Gardner? It's going to be Judge, and yeah, I don't. Judge, it's, yeah. It probably won't yeah. even be close. Yeah. It, because look, Gar- if you put Gardner like sixth or seventh towards like the bottom of the order, he could. I would be put Gardner good- ninth if he's not leading off. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he could be a good anchor towards yeah. that bottom of the lineup if you put him with guys like Anduar or whoever's going to be down there, whether it's mm-hmm. uh, Drury or Wade, whoever, or, yeah, Wade, whoever's down there. Gardner would be a good wedge because there's a just think there's a chance that if your bottom three is, I don't know. To right, all there's just those competition of the second baseman and third baseman, those guys could all be hitting under 220. So you might need a guy down there that you know is at least going to be hitting 240, 250. And I think that Gardner might be that guy. Let me let me uh, whet your appetite for a little bit. I, I know Gardner mm-hmm. hasn't played the past few days, but uh, I believe it's two games in a row, it might be three. Uh, Aaron Hicks has, has batted leadoff. Um, and they haven't been split squad games, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know. So, I, I know that's not something that we we've considered, but it's something that Boone seems to be testing with. Uh, and in that case, then obviously you're going to drop Garner down to eight or nine in the order. But you have the switch hitter who has a higher on base percentage than Gardner, a little more pop than Gardner. Granted, he hasn't played 140 games or more uh, since he's been with New York, but. I, I like Hicksie, um towards the bottom of the lineup. I I think he's gonna have to play himself in. Like I could see him hitting second by the summer if he's hitting close to three hundred. If he's just or if he earns that spot, but to begin the year, I don't think he's gonna be uh, the number two hitter. I think I think Hicks will just be 
like to start the year, he's just going to be seventh because he's like you have the first six guys, and then you have Hicks, who's like a tier below them. And you have to have some protection for Bird or Didi, whoever's batting six. Exactly. You know, one of our writers who will go unnamed, of course, was trying to argue that Jacoby Ellsbury was going to win the starting job from Aaron Hicks, and I almost, I almost just threw down my drink because. <laughs> In, how, in what world is Jacoby Ellsbury just going to beat out Hicks? Even if Hicks is hitting cl- below 200, the dude is the can I say, the dude's the best defensive outfielder on the Yankees by far. He's, he's easily, yeah. yeah. By far. I mean, the guy is a phenomenal center fielder. And really, the Yankees don't really have a center fielder other than Hicks. What are you going to put, noodle arm Ellsbury out there? I mean, Gardner's not bad. I mean, Gardner's a great – I mean, Gar- I was about to say, Hicks is a much better outfielder than Gardner, and Gardner won a gold glove in 16. Yeah, he and should have won it last year, too. Last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I don't like – Ellsbury would have to start juicing heavy if he wants to win that job. <laughs> like, let's be real. Oh, man. Well, guys, let me let me circle this back to the, the, the leadoff hitter debate. Uh, I'm going to name drop uh, someone in favor of, of Aaron Judge. Uh, if you're going to talk about having your best hitter in the leadoff spot and getting success out of it, Cleveland Indians bet Francisco Lindor leadoff. I know he doesn't walk or strike out as much. Uh, he did hit what thirty-three home runs, driving about ninety last year. Uh, his RBI production was probably you know limited by the fact that he had no one hitting ahead of him. But I mean, they had a, arguably the second best offense. Um, well, I, I guess the Yankees' offense went went hot and cold during the year. So I, I don't know if I'm going to put them in the in the league with last year with. Houston mm-hmm. and, and Cleveland, but I mean, it was those two, those two teams and, and Lindor was the one setting the, setting the table every night. That's, that's interesting, but like, anyone want to get, okay, let me just say this real quick. Does anyone want to guess DD's on base percentage last year? Oh, it was, it was like 320, wasn't it? 287. It was something like that, yeah. 318. Oh Jesus! That is like that is you know who used to be like that Cano like Cano used to have a three twenty Cano would have a three twenty average but he's on base would be like three thirty yeah <laughs> I would be like hey, how the hell aren't you getting on base more with all these hits but I I, just, I really I like my uh, my leadoff guys with a four hundred ideally with the four hundred plus on base percentage in a and Gardner's not bad he go he'll get like three fifty three sixty every year mm-hmm. but yeah um. How Didi batted leadoff the other day, I just I don't understand the logic behind that because he's very good at putting the bat on the ball and he'll he will hit for pretty high average, but the guy does not walk at all. So I think having mm-hmm. him lower down in the lineup where he has a chance to drive in more runs and doesn't have to worry about getting on base as much, it'll it'll help him a lot more. Yeah, I know the leadoff hitter pretty much doesn't matter once the first inning passes. Then whoever leads off is the leadoff hitter, right? But yeah. I like the leadoff hitter to see to see some pitches, and Judge is the guy to see. Judge, some he pitches. led he led the AL in pitches per plate appearance. And don't you think this year that pitchers? You really think pitchers are just going to start the year going after Judge? They're going to just throw him absolute crap. Yeah, all all April, and he's probably. I'm pr- I could see just Judge probably hitting maybe below 250 in April, but still having a 434. Because I just feel like he's not going to get a lot of swings. Like I feel like he's just going to be walking, and maybe that's going to throw him off a little bit. And 
Yeah, and would that be the worst thing that you know pitchers are afraid to to face him and he learns some patience and he's just taking his walks for for an entire month until someone realizes that we got to attack this guy? (laughs) Well, then anyone opposed having the leadoff man on every night? (laughs) Oh man! So yeah, Wolf's obviously. It it all depends who's hitting leadoff on opening day. Ah. I think I think it'll be Gardner. I, I, I think it'll be Gardner. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any like shot. Barring any injury, it, it mm-hmm. probably will be Gardner. We'll see as the year goes on, right? There's always you never know if Gardner's just going to. Who knows? Guys get old fast in this league, and Gardner's getting up there in years. So we'll see. We shall see. Well, so next, I just want to hit on this really quick because I cut off Nick uh, on our last show when he was about to talk about this, and I forgot to mention it again. <laughs> But <laughs> I'm calling myself out there. But the whole Stanton in left field uh, debacle, right? He lost one in the sun, and then there was one down the line that, you know, it, it looked pretty bad. But it, it's, it's spring training. It's his first game out there. And I don't know. what do you get? It's no big deal, right, guys? It's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, it's really okay. Like, he's – it's his first game in left field. And, I mean – when do you think the last time he played left field was? It was so, years ago. So we shouldn't trade him. <laughs> no, the trade has not been a bust yet. And one of the things that, that people don't consider, uh, I mean, Luigi, you could speak on it because you're, you're from there, but this time of year doesn't uh, – I, mean, I mean, the angle of the sun at, let's say, uh, one thirty two o'clock, it's, the sun's right in his eyes. I mean, let's, I've watched tons of games on MLB Network. Yeah. Playing the outfield in Florida. Yankees, playing the outfield uh, in Florida is brutal. Yeah, I think I think our account retweeted or, or quote tweeted a, a video uh, about three or four days ago that just said, you know, sun one major league outfielder zero or something like that. And just yeah. it was just a compilation of guys losing the ball in the sun. They were all Yeah, you know, a, a lot of the established outfielders. Mm-hmm. A lot of established outfielders lost balls in the sun too. Yeah. yeah, so it's not a big deal that Stanton loses a few in the sun in his first game in left field. If he's doing that, you know, during the season in a night game. Then it's a yeah. bit of a problem. But right now, it's nothing to look into at all. Plus, the other day, he caught one in in left field. So, All right, MVP, MVP back on? Yeah, there you I go. Think after, 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 he ca- after he caught it, he, like, raised his hands up, like, sarcastically. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Like he just won Wimbledon? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, I just wanted to really- – Hit on that really quickly. Didn't want to spend too much time on that. Shout out to Nick for bringing that up last episode. Shout out to me for completely forgetting. (laughs) You don't deserve a shout out for that. (laughs) Uh, So let's let's move on to the pinstripe previews. I think it's one of my favorite parts of the show. Really enjoying doing these. Uh, We have three more hot Yankee names. Uh, Let's start off with uh, the catcher of the New York Yankees. And that is <laughs> Austin Ro- no, Gary Sanchez. Gary, uh, he's scary. Just had I, we all we all were wondering. It was kind of funny going into the 2017 season. Really, the guy we were watching was Gary. You know, like, oh, was, can't wait to see Gary again. Like Judge was a, was the eight hitter. He, we were not clamoring to see a Judge. It was Gary Sanchez, the guy that. A lot of people are calling the quote-unquote forgotten Yankee, which I think is kind of a – I don't know. I, I don't think it's appropriate because 
I think people. I haven't spoken to one Yankee fan who undervalues yeah, Garrett. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think like the fact that people are talking about him, the fact that he's in our, he's not forgotten. I, the guy hit thirty three home runs last year, and with a month loss to the season, I believe he missed a good month. Um, a four point one WAR, just just phenomenal. I mean, the guy has just really is just positioning himself, like we said a few shows ago, to become the best catcher in baseball. He's already by far the best offensive catcher in baseball. It, that I don't even think that's debatable. Like I love my, myself some Buster Posey, but Buster Posey does not have the ability to hit uh, 40 plus home runs each year like Gary does. So what do you guys, what, let me hear some right off the bat before we get into Gary and his 2018 season and some of his struggles last year, give me, Give me a home run total for Gary this season if he's if he stays healthy. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I'm going to say he hits 40 on the last day of the season. Wow. Wow. Someone clipped that. Anthony, <laughs> what about you? I'm going to say 37. I know that's a, a per-game average drop from, from last year, but I think uh, he looks like he lost a little bit of weight, um, so he's going to be a little more – a little more flexible, a little more, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot more doubles from him this year. Uh, he should ideally get his batting average up in the, the 280, 290 range. Uh, and I, I'd be totally okay with him giving up three to four home runs in favor of 10 points better on his batting average over the whole year. So I'll say 37. Yeah, I, we're all going to be in there on the same ballpark because I'm going to go 36 with the same reason as you. I think he actually increases his batting average a bit this year. I think he might get up to that 290 range, but because he's just going to have a lot. If he, because I feel like Gary is going to be hitting fifth, and that for Gary, he's just going to be hitting. With, I think it, I'm just going to say this right now. I think Gary's going to lead the team in RBIs. I know that might be, you know, Judge and Stanton are going to hit their fair, have their fair share of runs batted in, but I think Gary is just going to be in the most, uh, situations to drive in runs and i think but, he's gonna end up with a big number probably close probably over 130 if we're being if he honest bats, if he bats fifth he's gonna have judge stanton bird or dd or, or and gardner ahead of him who all can get on base and dd just by hits but so yeah i really i think you're right with that he'll definitely have a really good chance to get, lead the team in rbis i think the consensus in our poll in our group me a couple of weeks ago was that that Didi was going to have the highest batting average on the team. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Gary. Like I had mentioned, uh, I think it was our, in our first podcast that he was hitting, I think, 315, 320, something like that. His first season until he went something ridiculous, like one for 24 to end the year, which dropped him down to 298 or something like that. So, I mean, he was clear 300. He was a good hitter and not just hitting the ball out of the yard. Yeah, he – I mean – he, I said last show, the only guy that compared to Judge stat cast wise was Stanton. Gary's up there. I, Gary, that ball he hit in spring. I know stat cast is probably off during spring training, but I want to stat cast on that, that his first home run in the spring. I think it was a that, bomb. That ball sounded like a rifle being shot off, off his bat. I mean, that was just a. Oh. It's funny I, you I bring could, up stat cast because about. 30, 40 minutes ago, they just posted something uh, that oh, his arm is measured out stronger in this this spring training already than it has at any point in his career beforehand. So, wow. his, so that rifle that he has behind the plate, he's he's he got a strong, got strong arm this year. 
What were you say, Alex? I said he just—it just got—he just got better. Yeah, right I mean, really, because he's still young. He's still—still about to enter his his second full season. Really, it's his third season, but it's his second full season. Uh yeah. And you talked about his rifle, Gary's thirty-nine percent career uh, caught stealing percentage, which is really good. But look, we got to talk about the 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 defensive issues. The pass balls, the errors. I think he had 13 errors last year, 16 pass balls. I think as long he's I, – I guarantee he's been working on that constantly. I mean, he better. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a choice. That's no, all, I mean, he, he's at there. He's hitting great. Yeah, go on. His um, problem with you know blocking pitches, I think, like defensively – it's it wasn't good, but it wasn't so bad that it that he was you know a bad defensive catcher because of how his other abilities were. His arm is one of the best, and like his his um his pitch framing was rated really well. So if he if he works and fixes his uh, his blocking, then he'll be then he definitely will be the best catcher in the game. Mm-hmm. But I don't think even if it's improved a little bit or it's you know the same, I don't think it'll be that big of a detriment. Like it'll be it it it'll cost a few runs, but I don't think it'll be that much of a problem. You guys want to hear a scary stat? Uh, I'm on this uh, new baseball savant.mlb.com. It's uh, like this new database that MLB has for Statcast measurements. Gary's Pop time to second base, 1.93 seconds. Anything under two is just insane. Gotti Molina, for reference, 1.97. Wow. The the league leader is Austin Hedges, interestingly enough, at 1.89. But but Gary ranked third in baseball. Wow. Who is second? JT Real Muto. Wow. Still yeah. hanging out with the fish. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Begging to leave. Wait, you didn't trade me? Him and Boar, I feel bad for. And um, Gary Sanchez rated out as the highest. It just says arm. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming this is arm strength, velocity of throw, maybe. Um, eighty-seven point, eighty-seven point eight. So from a crouch, no momentum, squatting, he could fire off a, a ball down the second base at eighty-eight miles an hour. Imagine Gary as a pitcher. He he would just always call the catcher out to the mound. That that would never happen. But imagine like in a blowout, things just put him in the pitch. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Gary's six two two thirty. He's listed at. That's that's a tank. That's insane. That. <laughs> okay, so with with Gary though, over give me over or under. 10 errors in the 2018 season for Gary. Or should I say, not, I'll say nine and a half. So nine or less or 10 or more. Are we saying just pass balls or errors? Because errors just, also just, includes catcher's interference. Uh, let, you're right. Let's go pass balls. So he was at 16 pass balls last year, over or under 12 and a half this year. I'm going to say slightly over. Yeah, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say 10. I'm gonna say. I'm like gonna say 13, like. 14. Yeah, I'm gonna say like 13 or 14. 
Because I still I, I still just don't see how he it's going to be. Because I feel like there were games there there were stretches where he would allow two or three pass balls in a couple games. So my thinking is like um, Dylan Batances too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, no, and they also have Gray for a full year who he throws like seven or eight different pitches based on um, balls, his yeah. grips. So and you'd think those are probably they're probably pretty difficult to memorize the whole thing and memorize the movement of each because Gray is so good at getting different movement on his pitches. And Robertson's <laughs> changeups a knuckle change, right? Exactly. Or knuckle so curve. That'll be bouncing in the dirt. Dellen's going to be bouncing in the dirt. Yeah, that's, eh. that's I'm going to go aggressive and say 10. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to And one more thing I wanted to mention about Gary is there's a new MLB rule that should be called the Gary Sanchez rule. It should literally be called the Gary Sanchez rule because he's gonna break that multiple times. He's gonna he's gonna be at six in like the third inning one game, and someone's gonna say, uh, "Gary, we we have one mound visit left, and there's seven innings of baseball." <laughs> he, he's gonna have to watch out for that. He... Yeah, because there were I I remember it in the ALCS, he'd be going to like the seventh or eighth inning, he'd be going to the mound four or five times in yeah. inning. Strike one, mound visit. Yep. Ball Two one. pitches later, <laughs> mound visit. <laughs> hey, he like he likes talking to his pitcher. I, I like it. <laughs> I don't think yeah, it's just another. That's just another rule to try to shorten a baseball game by twenty yeah. seconds. That's gonna put a lot more people in the seats. But anyways, I'm, I don't want to get mad. So let's go to our next. You know, Gary, obviously one of the th- part of uh, the modern age murderers row for the Yankees uh, with him, Stanton, and Judge. So. Uh, Gonna be really exciting to see Gary. It's gonna be exciting to see this team. What am I saying? All right, our next <laughs> picture, yeah, let's go, let's let's stick behind the plate. Uh, we we've been going mostly starters, but you know we're gonna do a pinstripe preview real quick for none other than Austin Romine, oh, who ha, ha, I don't want to hear that negativity. I know. Look, <laughs> uh, I know he's got a negative two career WAR. Uh, he hit. He was statistically one of the worst hitters last year. He had 218, 221 RBIs. Which is even more incredible because when he, when he was covering for Gary in April, he, he was pretty decent. He was actually pretty good. And he had both yeah. home runs then too. I think you know, I think Romine is the guy. I think he's not – I'm not going to call him the perfect backup catcher. But he's, he's a good – yeah, he, as I said, perfect is, uh, doesn't describe Romine as a baseball player. But – I think he's a good backup catcher. I, I would rather him back there than Kratz or whoever else they're going to put back there. I think hey, Higgy. I, I think he. Yeah, let's say I, I don't want to even say K Higgy, but I, I don't. I don't think that. I think Romine got too much playing time last year. Like, look, two hundred twenty-nine at bats for Austin Romine is that's a, a lot. I mean, a lot of that was when he was covering for Gary. Yeah, I was about to say you. You just you're not, you don't plan on your starting catcher going down for a month. So that obviously has a lot to do with it, but I think it's a situation with Romine that if Gary gets hurt, if Gary, you know, knock on wood, if Gary gets hurt, he's out for two months. I, I think Romine should still be the backup catcher. I think at that point you got to give a guy another chance because he really, he's almost guaranteed to hit below 220 to just be a dead, a dead weight in the lineup. And I, he, but as the backup catcher, I think he does well. If he's just catching one every eight games when Gary's resting and uh, there's like a number four or five pitcher on the mound, then I don't mind. 
So what you guys think that Roman will remain the backup catcher throughout the year? I think I think he will solely because of his familiarity with the pitching staff. Like he knows everyone already. He's caught them and so he's he's going to know he's going to um be more used to catching Yankees pitching staff than say Kratz would or Higashioka would. So I think that's why he would I don't necessarily agree that he should be the Yankees' backup catcher because I'm a very big anti-Austin Romine uh, guy. <laughs> not a part but, of the Austin Romine fan club. Yes, I am not a part of that. But yeah, for the most part, I think he definitely will remain the backup catcher um, because he's he's pitched he's been the backup catcher for a while now, and he knows the Yankees' pitchers um, really kind of as well as Sanchez does. Because he's been on the team for a lot longer. Yeah, and we actually had a pretty spirited debate, uh, BBB debate, I want to say three, four months ago, probably right at the beginning of the offseason. Uh, people were, were clamoring for, hey, why not sign a guy like Alex Avila as the backup catcher? And, and I think for me, that was the biggest point against it. Uh, Avila is definitely a better hitter than Romine, but he's really not a good defensive catcher at all. And Romine knows the pitching staff so well. And that's something that you, you can't take for granted. Um, should he be playing... 40 or more games? No, definitely not. But he he's very good at at, at controlling games. He, he's a good manager behind the plate, so to speak. Um, guys like CC, who've worked with him for for you know, what six seven years, will will swear by him. Uh, I, I think that's something that you have to you have to make sure he's on the roster no matter what. Yeah, that, that's exactly my thought. Roman just yeah he's. Like I said, he's not the perfect backup catcher, but I think for at this time and situation, he's the ideal backup catcher you want. I don't think you would want a guy in there like Kratz or Higashioka who it just could be a liability defensively. And I think when you have a backup catcher, you're you're thinking more about defense than offense. So you know, I'm, say what you want about Austin Romine's offense. Kyle Higashioka has exactly zero major league hits. <laughs> Poor, I mean, they they got to get him a hit. Like, so come on, he's got to get a hit. He's yeah. got to get it this year. So, someone lobbed lobbed this man a hit. <laughs> uh, well, I honestly I'm think you know what over or under for Austin Romine a hundred at bats this year. And I know this is kind of a tricky one because it really depends on uh, injuries. But over or under a hundred at bats for Austin Romine. I'm gonna year. say if Sanchez is healthy the entire year, Romine gets slightly over. 100 at bats. I'm going to say over easily. Um, whether Gary is, is healthy or not, um, there's going to be a lot of times so they'll put him at DH. You got to figure uh, Yankee Stadium is, is one of the few places that they always play Saturday afternoon games. So, day game after night game on Friday night. Usually, you don't like to have your catcher catch two games in a row. I just think the opportunities present themselves uh, that, that Romine's going to get into a lot of games, even if it's as a late inning defensive. Substitution, uh, you know, so they pinch run for Gary, and then they got to put him in, uh, or they're they're going to play Gary, but at the DH, I think Romine easily gets 100 bets. Bonus over and under for Romine over or under 0.5 fights with Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> I'm going to say over on that. <laughs> I, I'm going to play it safe and say under. That's not going to happen again this year. Rematch? Question mark. All right, yeah. So we got how to give how to. Give Romine a shout out. Loves. He's almost certainly going to be on the roster, part of the twenty-five man. But 
Our final pinstripe preview is none other than the man who was a part of was a part of a lot of great gifts last year between him running from the bullpen and him uh, holding his crotch after Gary got hit. Uh, he was. Uh, I think everyone the in the high, world just cringed after the, that. It's, it's the high socks man himself. It's D Rob. Uh, you know, D Rob. It, it's kind of funny because you almost forget that we traded for D Rob in the middle of last season because he was on the Yankees before, and now going into this season, it's like, oh, it's yeah, it's D Rob. It he's he's a Yankee. But this is the last year of that uh, contract Robertson signed, so. Most likely is like he's most likely not going to be on the Yankees next year. Let's be real. But last year when the Yankees signed him, he was phenomenal. Get this with the White Sox, he had 31 games pitched for Chicago last year and 30 games pitched for the Yankees. Ten earned runs with Chicago, four earned runs with the Yankees. 2.7 ERA with Chicago, 1.03 ERA with the Yankees. So he was he was great last year when they signed him. He was a big part of the postseason. Um, ended with a, I believe, a 1.84 ERA overall. So, guys, how is what? Because obviously, it's still yet to be determined how Boone's going to play the bullpen. Whether he's going to have a set seventh, a set six, or he's just going to let it roll. But do you see D Rob getting the most uh, work? Maybe the most appearances, the most innings out of those that the group of five, six, kind of one or two inning shutdown guys that the Yankees have in the bullpen. Could you see D Rob being the most used? I'm going to say he probably will have the most appearances, but I don't think he'll have the most innings mm, just yeah. because I think Chad Green's probably going to be used for more than one inning at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think D-Rob, especially – he showed in the playoffs last year that he can come in and pitch multiple innings, you know, a lot. Do yeah, 50 pitches in the wild card game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- what, three and a third innings or something in the wild card game? Mm-hmm. And then he came back, and I think he – pitched in game two of the uh, ALDS. So he can pitch a lot and he's willing to do anything that he possibly can to help the Yankees win. So I think he'll definitely be up there for um, the most appearances for any reliever. I think for sure he's the, the designated fireman uh, kind of in a way that, that Tito Francona likes to use Andrew Miller. Um, don't don't strap an inning roll on him. Uh, if the situation begs for a strikeout, uh, maybe not not even a ground ball. You got to come in and get a strikeout. He's your guy. Chad Green could play that role too. Uh, he could also be the guy to come in, get one or two outs, and then pitch another two innings after that. But I think Robertson definitely has the the, the most appearances, barring health, the rest of the uh, the whole season. I, he he's the guy that they're going to turn to first in their moment of need. Yeah, he he really was. Because I think out of all, if you compared Batances and all the guys in the bullpen, I think D-Rob, putting it nicely, probably has the quote-unquote worst stuff out of all those guys. He he definitely has those – he definitely throws the slowest, right? He's probably the only guy that doesn't consistently sit over 95. But, hey, he's just just so good at painting those corners. Who was it against that – I think it was when the Yankees first got him. I think it was against Seattle and he let up a home run and it was like on such a perfect pitch that it was. Oh yeah. Cano hit that. Yeah. Right. Remember that? And they were in Seattle. He threw a perfect pitch right in the outside corner, low and away. And Cano just punched it out. Cano just punched it out. Yeah. And it's just, 
it's just something like that where that those were one of his earned runs. And he's just so good. At, like he's just so perfect at painting the corners and just working guys around. Because in this day and age, 90, it seems like 90% of guys that come out in the seventh or eighth inning are throwing 96 plus. But there's D Rob still just doing it the uh, old fashioned way, still posting a 1.84 ERA. So yeah, I'm excited to see D Rob D Rob uh, what he does this year because he could, you know, if Boone likes to have a clear eighth inning guy, especially with Batantis and in uh, quote unquote baseball rehab, D Rob could be the eighth inning guy. He could be the consistent eighth inning guy because I think, you know, like we said, I think he was going to want Chad Green in that kind of maybe that fifth, sixth slash just early inning mop up role. Uh, but you can't forget about Canely. But yeah, so, oh, okay, over and under for D Rob, a two ERA. Is he going to be in the ones or is he going to be above two? He was I say he's going to be he's going to be in the twos, but it's not going to be. I'm going to say like mid to lower twos. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat. Maybe two 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 three. Uh, there's probably going to be a couple of blow performances where we're we'll, we're going to be sitting here screaming, <laughs> calling for his head. But uh, you know, one one appearance where you get one out, allow four in runs, really weighs heavy on six shutout appearances. Um, so I, I think his series will be around two, um, but that. By no means means he had a bad season. Yeah, like I mean, and like I you were saying before, no, Luigi, how he has he basically has the worst stuff um, of anyone in the Yankees bullpen besides maybe Shreve. But I'm saying out of those like five shots. Oh yeah, 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 out of them he definitely has the worst stuff. And how like Cano, he'd flip that home run um, on a pitch that was located perfectly. And you know, there's pro- there's probably going to be a few instances of that where he executes the pitch perfectly, but because his stuff is not as good as some of the other pitchers, um, a good hitter like Cano will be able to hit it. So, and it's and a you know 91 mile an hour fastball in the corner is a lot easier to hit than a Chapman 102 mile an hour fastball in the corner. Hey guys, BJ Upton, Melvin Upton Jr., whatever we're calling him, hit a walk-off home run a couple years ago off Andrew Miller. So you know that is true. <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I could go back and look it up, but I don't think it was a bad pitch there either. Every once in a while, someone just puts a good swing on a pitch. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to Robbie Cano. Miss you, man. We're about to have Brandon Drury at second base. Um, yeah, I think D Rob is going to be under. I, th- I think he's going to have another great year. Look, it's. I'm not saying this is why, but it is a contract year. Um, I think he's. I think him and Green are going to be the two best uh, bullpen guys. I think they're both going to be in the ones next year. Him mm-hmm. and Green. So I, I'm going to go with under for D Rob. Uh, anything else to say about, about D Rob? Because I think I. I really. He's such an important part of this team, and I think if this team does win a World Series, he's going to be. He's going to be the guy in the bullpen that is most like I know there's Chappie and I know that we have a lot of guys in the bullpen, but I, I there's something about D Rob that just screams big game bullpen guy to me. Well, yeah, especially for the LGS game too. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> was the, probably his, his his weakest moment of the season last yeah, year. Is that yeah. home run he allowed to Bruce? Yeah, but even still, after everything that happened, the Lindor Grand Slam, the non challenge, we still could have won that game. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Bruce tied that, you know, you know, we were dead. Yeah, that was that was not good. <laughs> I t- it just just think when you compare D Rob to a guy like Batantis, like D Rob, if D Rob's off just a little bit, he's getting smacked. 
Whereas Batances, Batances can be so off and he's still throwing 99 and just a nasty breaker. And it can still get guys out. D-Rob has much better control though. <laughs> oh, I mean, not even close. And I know we've, we've heard it for probably like 10 years at this point, but he has that really long stride. So his fastball plays faster than it actually is. The gun may say 94, yeah. but it appears like 95 and a half, 96. Yeah, absolutely. So those were our three pin stripe previews. Uh, don't know who we're going to do for the next show, but we'll we'll probably keep it with starters. Maybe do we still haven't done Judge, still haven't done Sevy, still a lot of guys to be done. So we'll keep on with those. But let's uh let's kind of finish the show in talking about probably one of the worst business decisions in baseball that I've seen in a while. So Mike Mustakis today signed back with the Royals, the Royals for a uh, one year and five point five million dollars which $5.5 million is a lot of money. But it's not a lot of money when it could have been uh, close to $17 million. So, guys, uh, Mike Moustakis, is, uh, how, if you're Mike Moustakis, how are you feeling today? I mean, I would feel partially kind of relieved because he actually got a contract. I mean, I don't know what other, what other offers he got. Um, but he's, he's back with the Royals, who he's familiar with, and he, you know, has a team for 2018. So, but so I'd be relieved there, but also I'd partially hate myself for turning <laughs> down the qualifying offer. Um, the words that come to my mind are angry, uh, <laughs> mad, uh, bamboozled. There's a lot of <laughs> words that come to my mind when I, if I'm Mike Moustakis right now. And another, the, the thing I wanted to get this to is the fact that you hear Yankee fans saying, Phew, we should have got him. Like, oh, they got Moose for one year, five point five. But look, that that is a, a bargain for me. It, it's a bargain five, for five point five million. Thirty-eight home runs last year. Yeah, five point five million for a guy hit thirty-eight bombs is is a lot. But look, Mike Mustakis is just not that great of a baseball player. We were talking. I I said this to Alex and Andrew earlier. I said, guess what Mike Mustakis's career on base percentage is? It's three oh five. Brutal, that is man. that's brutal. That is bad. That is, I mean, you think? I mean, I'm not gonna say, oh, we should, you know, if you're a good hitter, you should be a 300 hitter. No, absolutely not. But the fact that there is guys with you know 310, 323 average, a 305 on base percentage is just is beyond bad. I mean, the guy really look last year. Yeah, he hit 38 homers. Sure, but. That was his first season hitting 30-plus homers. That could have very well just been uh, a kind of a fluke season. He very well could just go back to hitting 250 with 20 up. But homers. everyone hit more home runs last year. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, last year was kind of – you almost have to grade it on a curve because you know, guys that were never hitting double-digit home runs were popping out 15. So, yeah, I, I, I just – look, I just, I'm just glad that – Mike Moustakis is not a Yankee. Uh, Let me quickly drop some stats that that I uh, I tweeted out earlier today. Go on. 14 <laughs> on base percentage to go along with his home runs. <laughs> and, Andrew, wait, you just lagged that. Can you? Uh, yeah, your, your mic just cut out. There. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> it's a great drop of stats. Quick, Mike <laughs> Yeah, you're good. You're good. All right. A 314 on base percentage. He grounded into 18 double plays. Mm. He racked up a whopping total of 
34 walks last Ooh, season. Wow. Accounted for a negative 3.1 ultimate zone rating. That's pretty negative good. eight defensive runs saved. Wow. Yeah, that is uh bad, not good. I have to believe that the people who are clamoring for, oh, why didn't we sign this guy? That's such a bargain. Cashman sucks for not giving him six million dollars are the same people who blew their load when we saw when we traded for Brandon Jury. You know, yep. and anointed him as the next savior. To to go along with that, like the people who are mad that the Yankees didn't get him for five and a half million, like that's not he was what he was looking for. Like he didn't he didn't come into this offseason after he turned down the qualifying offer saying, you know what, if the Yankees offer me five and a half million for one year, I'm gonna go to them. He wanted a five year, eighty million dollar contract. And when no one was willing to give him that because teams are, you know, smart and realize that, okay, he's not that good, <laughs> he didn't have a contract and the Yankees were didn't want to pay him at all because they knew he wasn't he's not that good. And they no, have... we didn't sign Todd Frazier for two years, 14 mil that he got from the Mets. So why would we go any further for Moustakis? Exactly. And honestly, I'd rather have Todd Frazier than Moustakis. No one can see it, but I'm doing a thumbs down at my computer. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, it's just it really it was almost like a sigh of relief because it really it's, there was I remember seeing a lot of people saying, "Oh man, the Yankees should get Moustakis." And look, I said if Moustakis' average year is what I think Greg Bird's going to do this year, plus have a much better much on-base better on base plus be a much better defensive first baseman. So I'm good. I mean, imagine if the Yankees game, actually yeah. signed Moustakis, like for that right now, with the spring that Andohar is having. There would be an outrage because people outrage. are like, why did you sign him when Andohar's, you know, four home Same runs <laughs> and he's destroying spring training right now? Yep. It's, uh, I think the, I think the Yankees dodged the bullet there. Um, so I think anything, we have anything else to say? Any other, uh, News and notes about our our favorite team, the New York Yankees. Yeah, I, I did just want to do a, a a quick shout out. We we put out a, a mailbag. Didn't get uh, too many responses um, before the show, but put out, uh, we have to at, put it out like the day before. We put yeah. out <laughs> at Buford T Buford. You think the Browns will take Ellsbury? I know the Cleveland Browns made a bunch <laughs> of deals today, and. Uh, our friend Buford here thinks or is asking if there's any chance that Jimmy Haslam will buy off the contract with Jacoby Ellsbury. It's possible. It, um, it It's definitely will, a possibility. I will see what I can do. I will make, run it by him. Yeah. I will contact my representatives and see what they can do. But yeah, the Brown, the Browns made a lot of good moves today. I'm just glad as a Giants fan that uh, the whole Odell and Jarvis thing didn't happen because you know, they're boys and there was actually people that wanted to, uh, see Odell and Jarvis on the uh, same team. And uh, I would have been mad. I think that might have been as toxic as Melky and Cano in 2008. Uh, I know they they, they they got their shit together uh, in 09 we won, and then they played together. Um, actually, I don't think they played together again because we traded Melky after that. But in 2008, uh, they were going out a lot, and they both slumped big time. Uh, it was the year we didn't make the playoffs, Girardi's first season. Um, you, you don't want you, you, the boys hanging out and – you know, ultimately not. Yeah, <laughs> it takes away from your performance yeah, on the field. They were popping more bottles than they were popping home runs out of Yankee Stadium that year. For sure. Um, yeah, so uh, that's our show. We, uh, we're we going to be doing uh, 
I don't haven't announced this yet, but I'm going to just do it now. We're going to be the Sunday before the uh, season starts. We're going to do a, a full preview show. It's probably going to be a couple hours. We're going to break down the Yankees, make predictions, you know, over and unders, win totals, the whole, the whole big thing. And uh, yeah, we're going to be on our schedule of live Sunday night, every, every night at six, every Sunday night at six. Uh, I think that's going to be the perfect time. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm just ready for opening day. I'm ready for some some Yankees baseball and Yankee Stadium. I'm I'm ready for the Yankees to just dominate the ALEs because really I think the only competition is going to be Boston. And yeah, so guys, any closing thoughts? Yeaters, boys. Yeaters is all I got. Yeaters, that's that's all I got too. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>